0: Straight,
1: straight, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, straight, straight. No! let drive. Straight. When we think of traditional gym models. When we think of the old school way of working out, going to the gym, bunch of buff people hanging around, working out, weights being thrown around, the proverbial strong man, strong woman lingo, and the hardcore aggression begins to come to mind. But today we explore the world of boutique fitness studios and we explore it through the mind of none other than joellen poff joellen shares her journey after having two beautiful children joellen was unhappy with herself with her body where it was at and she wanted to make a change and she did but she did it so drastically that it began to harm her and we go through the journey of what she went through to finally realize the environment in which she was putting herself in and what she was eating and drinking was doing a lot of damage so she changed up her routine and she surrounded herself with like-minded individuals and I hope you enjoy this journey because I thoroughly enjoyed talking with Joellen there's a lot of stuff we get into so let's get right to it this is the journey of Joellen Poff and these are the Journeyman Chronicles. What up, what up, what up? Hope everybody had a good new year. Welcome to 2022. First episode of the new year is with Joellen Poff. If you know Joellen, you know she's a badass. She works hard. Uh, she's got a great attitude. We talk a lot about, um, you know, what it took for her to get into the mindset of I need to change my life to better my health. And uh, we talk about uh, how just losing weight and being thin, how how that isn't healthy. And really, it's affecting the minds of, of our young people and our and our older people as well. But we talk about how much this influences young women in particular. You know, she shares with us what she's been through to get to where she's at, where she's happy now as a coach. She is a fitness coach. She's an online health coach. She is NASM certified. She's also uh, devoted to her family and she's uh, she talks about her life with her husband. They are best friends. This is a great conversation because we also dig deep in you know, toxic masculinity. And it was something that um, I brought up with talking uh, with Joellen and I had a brain fart. I couldn't even remember that term. Um, And as I'm editing this episode, I'm like, ah, that's exactly what I wanted to talk about, which, you know, now that I listen to it, we actually talked just about that. So I hope you enjoy it um, because I love talking about real shit and Joellen has no problem uh, digging in and getting into the real shit. So enjoy it. Sit back, relax, turn it up. Episode 15 of the Journeyman Chronicles starts right now. Physical as opposed to. The diet change how
2: do you go about um that? so the whole eating aspect of it um when i first began uh in 2011 i had um just had my daughter actually in 2009 my, my oldest daughter was born okay. and um i had gained a lot of weight during that pregnancy i didn't know anything about health i played basketball when i was younger so i was always sure. fit but once you're done playing sports it's like what do you do now Um, so then when I met my husband, it's like, you get comfortable. So you, you know, you just enjoy yourself. So then we, you know, that's where um, I'm
1: at right now, Joellen.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. Um, so yeah, so, um, we, you know, we just got comfortable and we, accidentally got pregnant with Maddie. (laughs) She was a uh oh oops. Um but then during that pregnancy I just I gained a lot of weight and after I had her I was left with a body that I didn't really know what to do with. Um I had gained over 70 pounds during that pregnancy and um nothing that I owned fit me anymore. And not only that but I was in a lot of physical pain. I had a lot of back pain, hip pain, um, just a lot of things going on with my body and it took me until she was about 18 months old to kind of say, all right, enough's enough. It was actually one, one day I was pushing her in the backyard on, on a little car and my back started to hurt and I was like, I just, I can't do it anymore. So mm-hmm. I stood up and, yep. and the look that she gave me was just pure disappointment. And I thought to myself, I am in complete control of this. Either I make a change or I'm not going to be an active participant in my child's life. Mm. And that is kind of what shifted me. Um, And then my husband and I were sitting down one night, we were actually eating KFC. (laughs) And I I, I love fried chicken, right? Yeah. That'll never change. That is (laughs) what I always That'll never change. Fried chicken for life. I dig it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, but we're sitting here and an infomercial comes on TV and it's a Beachbody program called Turbo Fire. Turbo
1: Fire Go! is the best workout,
0: the
2: best music. I look at him and I'm like, I really want that. And he's like, mm. and and he's, you know, you're, it's like a hundred some dollars. So he's like, I don't know. Um, and at this point I was staying home with my daughter. So uh, I was like, I really, really want that. And he was like, all right, think about it for three days. If you really want it after three days, we'll get it. That's cool. So he so yeah, so and then I still wanted it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. we got it and it came in the mail, and I just was like, I have to do it. Well, I pressed play on the first workout, and halfway through the warm-up, I just crumbled to the floor and cried, <laughs> just bawling. Like, yeah. I cannot do this. This is hard. Um, so I bought the program, my husband bought this program, and I was like, I gotta just I just gotta do it. So I stood up, I pressed play, and every day I pressed play and I pressed play and I pressed play and I just kept doing it and I every day I got stronger and um but that's when I started to get caught up in the diet culture. Okay. That's that's when I started to get obsessed with the number on the scale. And um I ended up losing about 70 pounds in like five or six months. Um And within a year, I was just deteriorated. I had no, I was eating maybe 1200 calories a day, just obsessed with that number. And, uh, it was like, I didn't feel any better. I didn't feel, you know, I still couldn't do things with my daughter. I was still having all these digestive issues. It was just like, you know, I did what I'm supposed to do. I lost the weight, but I still don't feel good. Um, So that is what led me to trying another program, which was weight training. Okay. And then, um, that is where I started falling, really falling in love with weight training. And, uh, and then I started shifting my focus of my diet to more of gut health. Um, I had listened to a podcast and, uh, it was about intermittent fasting. Um, and she was really focusing on gut health and, um, that, I just started diving more into it. That was 2014. That was after I had my second daughter. Um, so that is where my focus is now. i um, okay. eating for the purpose of gut health because the gut is connected to the brain and I have mental health.
1: How long before you finally realized the gut health was where you needed to focus on when you were losing your weight? And yeah. how long did it take for you to realize... Oh, this is actually because you went from one extreme to the other. Is what it sounds like. You went from, uh, you were you gained weight from your pregnancy and then you lost it, but then you weren't really benefiting from the weight loss. Uh, inside, I'm assuming. I'm sure you saw results, yeah. but you weren't really yeah. happy. Uh, how long was it? How long did it take for you to realize there's another way? I got to go about it. Did it take a while, <sighs> or was it right away?
2: It takes a while but because yeah. you know especially when you when you're seeing people who haven't seen you for a while and they're saying you look so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you look so good. And uh, and you know you're like thank you but you know yeah, and turn, you're fitting you're in thinking, the clothes
1: and you're you're, you're, you're like, able but to I, yeah. But I don't feel good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so, a hard thing.
2: Yeah, so like everyone's telling you how good you look but when in reality, you know, I can see my ribs through my chest and mm. and you know my husband's saying like like he's always very supportive, but also kind of nudging me along like, all right, let's not worry so much about the scale anymore. Um, oh, okay. So it was just that. Um, but after I had my second daughter, I was like, I can't live on 200. Ca- I mean, 1200 calories a day and continue to support her nursing her and all this okay. stuff. Um, so that was where I was like, OK, I'm not going to be obsessive with counting calories, but what's a way that I can feel better? Um. Because, you know, I was in this constant routine of going to the doctor for random things, you know, Mm. UTIs and all this stuff. Like, so so just because I was eating 1200 calories, I was eating 1200 calories of bullshit. So it was like, uh, my body was just like giving me the finger, like, forget you. Like, this is not, we can't sustain this. This is not sustainable. So I, like I said, I had listened to a podcast and that just led me down this, like, wow just reading all this stuff about gut health and what gut health does for you and how it's linked to brain health and um for the past what seven years that's just been my focus where i don't count anything um i i just primarily focus on eating food that doesn't make me feel like shit Mm. (laughs) um and that's you know it's taken me a while to kind of find what foods do and don't now i still let me still love pizza i still love fried chicken and all that stuff but i also know i also know what that food is gonna do to me um so i always have a plan in place okay let me just get back into it's plant like mostly plants i'm not (laughs) plant-based Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> now they do make that fake fried chicken shit, but I don't eat that <laughs> stuff. Oh. <laughs> if I'm gonna eat fried chicken, it's gonna
0: be real.
1: You had you had mentioned uh mental health, and and I'm bringing that up because this ties back in with my original question, and I'm really glad that we're talking about this because, um, like a a lot of the conversations um that I've heard and the one that we're having right now and. and I'm not going to throw our conversation in the mix because I know we're about to really get deep with this, but there's a lot of surface talk and a lot of scratching the surface with this. We're talking about you. It took you until you had your second child before you finally said, I can't continue twelve hundred calories a day. Um, There are some people, uh, women especially, that I that I've that I hear about and that I read about and that. I know of who don't have that moment. And so they continue to push and push and push. That can also affect um, your mental stability, your mental health. We're talking about not only nourishing your body, but nourishing your mind, because there's a lot at stake when you're not taking care of yourself physically. In my family, I have a, a history of uh, mental health issues, and so I know that I'm prone to depression, I know that I'm prone to uh, uh, suicidal attempts when I was younger, um, and, I, and I'm, I'm not saying that flippantly, like that's a very, very true and honest statement, I also know that the shit that I'm eating and the shit that I'm drinking can really push those things one way or the other, those, those things I just mentioned. Um, where were you in your life when you, when you're going down this, this path of, uh, losing weight, eating right, realizing you have to change it up. Were you always aware that, uh, this, this is affecting your mental state as well. And you needed to keep that in check, or was that something that you discovered along the, that way, is, further down?
2: yeah, that is something I discovered along the line. Um, now I do just throwing it out there. I have PTSD. Um, mm. that's something I was diagnosed with not that long ago, but I have been dealing with it for 15 years. I just finally put a name to it. Mm. Um, so those symptoms have always been, um, the night terrors, the anxiety, the triggers. Um, it stems from abuse, sexual abuse, um, verbal abuse from a relationship that I was in. Um, and it's complex. So it was years of it. Uh, So that was also something intermingling in with this. And when I learned about gut health, learning about how the gut, what you put in your gut is connected to your brain, but it also works in reverse as well. So um, it doesn't matter how healthy you eat if you're not getting this under control as well. Mm -hmm. Um, it will, it will wreak havoc on the rest rest of your body. So um, that's where the physical aspect comes in for me. That's where the um, finding joy in movement. So that is something I eventually, you know, as far as exercise, falling in love with movement and different forms of movement. I worked in the medical field for years. I was a medical biller and coder. um, And I one day just was like, This is not what I want to do anymore. I want to help other people to find joy in movement and to find that gut brain health connection so that they can get themselves out of those dark places and find balance in their own lives. Um, So that's, I'm constantly working through that, but it's, it's been a mental health journey, but it's like, it's all so connected that physical and mental health aspect of it it's just it's wild how connected it is the human body is so fascinating and so frustrating too at the yeah. same time
1: Oh no and and I'm like I always find it admirable uh because you're right it's very frustrating and it's that's a part of the reason and I'm I'm assuming I know I it's for me I quit Whenever I try to work out, I quit because it's frustrating. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of homework, and and it's a shame that I call it that because really, um, ideally, I guess in the perfect world, you would look at this as like this is how it really should be. You really should be looking at what you're eating and 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 using that as fuel for your body the right way. But uh, in today's society. Um, it's 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 hard work. And so a lot of people give up. Uh, and so I find it admirable and, and commendable that not only were you able to to do that for yourself, but then you, you were able to put yourself in a position where you were like, OK, well, I I need to help people was was that always something that you wanted to do like not just in regards to to what we're talking about here like are you have you always been that type of person to want to help
2: um i've always wanted to help people you know yeah i've always been like volunteering it's you know school stuff church stuff um i, I mean i've always enjoyed you know Any you know if any of my friends were having problems like you know I'd be the one that we would sit down and have those extended conversations with I'd be that sounding board that's always been part of me that's something that's that my mom and my dad have passed down they're they're very giving people and that you know they've always been helpers um, in the community and stuff so that's always something that I've loved to do and I think when I worked in medical billing it was you know it broke my heart so much to have to tell people um, like. Your insurance isn't going to pay for this Mm. or, you know, it was a constant battle between these insurance companies and telling people, you know, and, and you just, I got stuck in this hole of just sitting in a cubicle where I'm just arguing with insurance companies all day. And it was just like, I can take what I know and what I'm learning and I can learn more and I can try to help people do everything they possibly can to avoid needing these medical bills. Mm.
0: There you go. (laughs) Um,
2: and and you know, we're always going to need medicine. It's all of us always, but we have it in our own power to try to do what we can um, to avoid needing it as much as possible.
1: It's funny you said that um, because I um, I just interviewed uh, last week a woman uh, Christine Blair. She said the same exact thing that you just said that the want and need to help people understand things so that they can be in a position where they're not the preventive attack or the the preventative Mm -hmm. approach as opposed to okay now we're here so now we've got to to fix it do you so that 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 experience working as a uh, a biller and the red tape and the politics i'm sure you were dealing with because you're dealing with insurance companies that had to have motivated and fueled you uh, as you said but so much so that you're you're a coach now you're training you're teaching people uh, yes yes i
2: just um so yeah I I decided to change my career. Um yeah. I became a NASM which is the National Academy of Sports Medicine, a personal trainer and a fitness nutrition specialist. Um <clears throat> and from there I began uh working at a fitness studio called Orange Theory that was in 2018. Um and I loved love it, loved it. Um and then when COVID hit, um There were a lot of different politics involved. Sure. And um, I ended up realizing that my morals did not match the morals of the ownership of where I was working, so okay. um, I ended up resigning from that place. And I stayed home with my girls for a year. They, I homeschooled them last year for one okay, year. Okay,
1: wow. Um,
2: yeah. How was that? Can and, we,
1: I'm sorry. How was that? Because uh, yeah, that, we can get in there. <laughs> Because my sister did the same thing, and I'm like, God bless you.
2: Oh, I know she did. <laughs> we talked every single day. That's um, tough. So you homeschooled it, your kids
1: for a year.
2: It was. I mean, we did the virtual academy thing, so I didn't go, like, I didn't dive okay, head first, like, okay. like, like Ronnie did, like yeah. she, she, but, um, you know, I had a first grader, so it was pretty much I was her teacher, sure. um, and, and my oldest was in sixth grade, so hmm. she was able to do more independent work, but then there was still, like, math and science where, you know, I had to sit down with her and help her out. Um, the very beginning, there were a lot of tears. <laughs> there were a lot of tears. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but then we got a groove down, and we and and it turned out to be a very positive experience um and I you know I wouldn't change it for anything it was it was comfort for us just to keep them home. My youngest had had a lot of issues with pneumonia in the past, so with all of the okay. unknowns, um yeah. we were just like, you know the safest thing to do is just keep them home until we know more um Good for you. So that, that
1: takes a did. lot. That takes a lot because uh, I, yeah, I, I, like I said, I and 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 I, I would never say that I wouldn't do that because obviously, like I love my kids to death, so I would do anything. But I mean, um, it, that whole time, and even now, it's it, it, it's tricky. But when that whole uh, the, when the pandemic started, and and the kids were not going to school, and then the online kicked in and it was kind of like nobody knew what the fuck they were doing and and god bless the teachers but they didn't even know what the hell they were doing (laughs) so it was kind of like who's leading who and how are we gonna get through this and then when i hear uh people like yourself and my uh, my sister homeschooling that that to me is is like my mom is a retired teacher and, and i would help my mom uh I would help her out when I was a kid and I would be like her, her, her classroom aide, if you will. And I remember thinking to myself, I, I never want to be a teacher ever, ever in my life because the patients you would have to deal with. So, when you're not a teacher and you're now put in this position where now I have to homeschool my children and you're, uh, how, how, how was that? You were getting information handed to you as to what to teach and how to guide. So
2: what, yeah, what was nice is K-12, it was through K-12. So they send you everything and Uh, they send you the lesson plans and all that. So I had to learn just pretty much how to look at the lessons plans and just kind of go through them. Um, That was the learning curve for me. But I had, you know, being a trainer, being a coach. So I always say there's a difference between being a trainer and being a coach. Like a trainer, you can help people work out. You can give them structured workouts. Being a coach, you're, you're not just training people. You're motivating people. You're inspiring mm. people. Um, and, and that, I just pulled that from what I had been doing for the past two years sure. into that for my kids, um, and it just helped pushing them along and helping them along and inspiring them throughout the day. And, and um, now it was really rough because my sister um, died of a heroin overdose oh, October sorry. of last year. Oh,
0: wow. I'm um,
2: sorry. So that was like right after school had started. Um, yeah. So it was like kind of like I felt like the school aspect kind of helped me to it distracted me. a little. Okay. Yeah. It it gave me time to just, you know, be with my girls and, and, and it was kind of like, I don't know. I just feel like something had me home with my girls during that time. Um, because that just helped to, to help my, me through the grief. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, um, I just carried all that coaching, everything I had learned from what I had been doing. And I just, Took it through that school year. She had struggled for twenty five years, and it was, it was more of a when. Okay. If you just knew, like it was like when yeah. is it going to happen? I was sitting with my oldest, and we were doing schoolwork, and my mom called me to tell me, and it was just, you know, obviously just.
1: Were you close sister. with your sister? Were you were, oh, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love my sister. Yeah. Um, I it, it's a mix. It's you know grieving someone who was who who's fought addiction for so long it's a mix of you know feelings just crushed that she's gone but so happy that she's at peace right you know yeah um so it's just this Mm, constant up and down it's just like you know i miss her i miss her but thank god she's not fighting that anymore because it was just so hard um but yeah, so then then the election happened. Then you okay, know, yeah. just all that shit was going down, and and you know how I say I was in, you know, really, I'm really into gut health. That shit went out the window. It, oh, that of went course. Out the
1: okay, you so know, you were already like, started on that, and then it and then it went out the window. So you were oh, that,
2: 2020, that went out the window.
1: Um, <laughs> oh wow, okay. It
2: was it was the like the second half of 2020. You know, I still worked out every day. Working out is just my time with myself. Um, I love to feel strong. So that is something that I've fallen in love with. So that's something I stay consistent with. But as far as eating, I mean, I'm sitting here watching the news with a jug of cheese balls and just just grubbing
1: yeah the <laughs> like, world was falling apart that was a yeah was like,
2: <laughs> yeah like cookies didn't have anything like they didn't have any chance in this house at that point and it that was that was did that fuck you up a little bit
1: like I, that that change in your oh diet, i'm sure it did oh yeah. my
2: gosh yeah well it, it took me to a really deep dark place
1: mm, it just took
2: okay. me okay and it's it it started off as comfort this is my comfort food. I'm eating comfort food. I'm eating comfort food. And then the inflammation starts and that's Mm. where it kind of leads to that, um, that just deep, dark place. So then at the beginning of 2021, I was like, all right. And what I had have done over the years is just build a bunch of habits. So it's not like all at once, like, this is what I eat. This is what I drink. It's building small habits and really focusing on one habit at a time and getting back into that one habit. And then once I got that mastered, I get to start another one. And then, you know, I don't ever try to do it all or nothing because that's, that's how you end up failing. That's how you sure. end up really just hating the process. Um, but sure. taking it one small habit at a time. Um, that's what I did at the beginning of 2021. And then that led me to, because where I work now, um, the owner, Megan, I had worked with her in the past um, and she had reached out to me right when I resigned from Orange Theory and was like, hey, what's up? And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not ready. Um, so then at the beginning of 2021, she messaged me again like, hey, what's up? She's trying to recruit you. And I was like, <laughs> I, was like I'm, I, I was like, I'm in a really bad place Um let me get myself out of this deep dark place and and then I'll let you know. So then that took me till about May, April, May to
1: of this year.
2: To get balance back, to to get focused back and to feel like myself again. Um, and then that's when I texted her and I said, put me in, coach. Let's <laughs> go.
1: be like my
2: really don't
1: matter part of it, my shit, kicking that ah! that's that winter I'm sure the, the the proverbial winter blues that that plays a, that plays that, a part that's
2: part of it and and we're also human you know and, and at, at being human especially living in colder climates our bodies naturally are going to ask us to mm-hmm. add fat to our body it's keep me warm give me more food right um yeah. so for me for me, usually it's like I try to eat more of what I normally eat like just uh, okay and I eat a lot of food I mean I eat a lot of food but I just try to eat more of it um last year it was just anything and everything mm. I just so fried you know. chicken was like
0: on,
1: on, oh. it was on <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, bucket <laughs> <laughs>
1: So how do you I mean, look, uh, I mean, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I was under the impression that once you got this um, under wraps and you you knew what it is, what it was you were going to have to do to get yourself where you needed to be. It was it was downhill from there. But 2020 put you in a position where you've with all due respect but you fell off that track a little bit you said that the uh, um staying active and, and weightlifting and working out that was still a passion of yours that kind of kept you think that kept you rooted enough where you were able to kind of pick yourself back up and there was something yeah. that you were still holding on to um, there
2: um it was you know and i always say like for anybody a fitness journey is not linear it's never going to be just like and, you know you're good gotcha um, yeah you always, and and, you know, I always say I don't fall off track because the track that I'm on is not weight loss. The track that I'm on is not to be the fittest, you know, the the tightest, the track that I'm on is seeking joy and, and, and seeking moments in life that, you know, just bring me comfort and and love. And, And that's the track I'm on. And, and I got off that weight loss, that, diet track years ago because it's just not fun it's it's not
1: I understand healthy, now yeah
2: you know um so i i just i give myself grace you know there you go you know mm-hmm. yeah that's all you can do is give yourself grace and be like you know what i just i know what makes me feel good i know what helps me create that mental balance and like i said because i had created those habits over the year it was like okay i just need to tap back into those habits um but like when I have clients now, it's like, that's what we focus on. Just building small habits. If you don't want to work out, then don't work out. But let's focus on one thing. Let's mm. add a little bit more water throughout Okay. Your day. Once you add a little bit more water throughout your day and you feel like, okay, I got four or five weeks of this in and I'm used to it. Then let's move on to the next habit. It's not supposed to be, all right, do this six week program. You lose weight. It's all you're good. No, that, like that is just diet culture bullshit it's about building small habits one at a time and then it just becomes your lifestyle eventually but um that's what drives me nuts about people trying to go in you know all or nothing like i'm doing a set that 75 hard have you seen anybody do that
1: Once oh. I, I tried P ninety X and then I and then I think I died and something brought me back. <laughs> and ever since then I just I don't fuck with that shit. Tony Horton. Tony Horton I just can't. I can't. I can't. He's he's
0: too much.
1: What you're saying real quick, I'm sorry, is is I appreciate that because I like I, I just learned that and like even the the language uh, and how you use it can be detrimental. Um, like, um, so what I just said, uh, falling off track, uh, that was actually incorrect because there is no track, is what you're saying. Like, there is, this is a freestyled attempt uh, uh, every day. As long as you have one goal, there's that's that's all really what you're asking um, of your clients yes. and of yourself, and really the men- the mentality is that there is no right or wrong way, but don't a hundred percent let it go, hold on to one thing and at least keep right. yourself gotcha. Right. There's I mean I appreciate there's, that. Be, there's Thank you.
2: yes, of course. There's gonna be times where you know, you put yourself on the back burner because that's just how it is. Um, you know, there's so much shit going on in life. But and there's gonna be that those times. But I just try not to set up camp and stay there. And um, you know, it may last a month, it may last years. And I tell people like, if you if you If you've stopped doing something for a month, a day, years, it doesn't matter. No matter when you start, you're not starting over. You're always starting from a place full of the knowledge that you've gained throughout your journey thus far. Mm. So you're never starting from scratch. You always know something, Mm. Um, so you you always have something to go off of and to start with. Like one habit that you tried before that you were able to kind of get under control, you can always start with that one again and then try from there. But you know, it's it's just about forgiving yourself and understanding that, like, well, your well being is not necessarily about how you look. It's about creating a life that you can be an active participant in. For me, it's, you know, being at the park with my daughter and she trips and falls and I can go over and scoop her up and love on her without a second thought because I'm strong enough to get down and pick her up and not, you know, hurt my back, you know? And those are the the little things that I am aiming for, you know, going to the beach and being able to run and jump in the waves or run on hot sand or, you know, do those things, being an active participant in their lives rather than the whole, you know, slim down, I'm the slim down shit, especially this time of year. Oh, you are bombarded with it. It's oh, just constant on the, on the, you know, if you're on social media, it's just sponsored at after sponsored at, you know, slim down, lose weight. And I just tell people like, that's not what life is about. It's about building up. It's about building, you know, experiences. It's about building human connections. It's about, you know, yes, building strength if you're constantly thinking about shrinking yourself down you're not just going to shrink your body you're going to shrink everything else yeah you know
1: i'm glad we're, we're we're touching on this because i was i wanted to get into this uh this conversation with you and uh, I'm glad you brought this up because I have three daughters. You have two, two little girls. I have one Mm -hmm. son and three daughters. I have five aunts. I've been surrounded or I've been responsible for women or young women. Um, And what I see a lot, especially since I was in high school was how um, images affect young women who then become grown women, and we still see images that are affecting them. And I'm watching what you're doing right now, or actually, I, I mean, I'm, I'm visualizing it as you're explaining it to me, the impact that you're trying to make. But I'm sure it has to be frustrating as a woman uh, responsible for two little girls knowing what society is going to dump in front of them via social media, the TV, magazines, if anybody still reads those uh, on your phone, clickbait ads, Facebook telling you, as you just said, you alluded to slim down. Let's talk about that type of lifestyle that we're trying to prevent and how that plays into the responsibility that you take on as a coach and as a mentor and as a trainer. What do you like? How do you how do you approach things like that with your daughters, with your clients that are women? Because this is I mean, sure, I'm not going to say it doesn't affect men. I'm sure it does. But I'm just I'm looking at it like let's just call it what it is. This is there's a, a lot of women that are dealing with um, a lot of forced implications, if that makes sense. Like, they're supposed to be something that society is telling them you know yes. slim down i am happy that i i love a very thick woman i love my wife my wife's body is fantastic to me i don't yes, understand that. It you is. know <laughs> you yes. know but but my my thing is like even with my wife there's times where she's she kind of catches herself trying to look better for me and i'm like but who told you this
2: yeah it's a lot of pressure and it's just it's been going on for so long i mean just decades and decades you know like um just making women just have to be this perfect specimen and 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 i hate the word perfect because i think everybody's just perfect the way they are
1: yeah there you go um
2: Yes, you can build yourself up and, and, and work on trying to create a healthier, you know, internal body, but you don't have to change the way you look at all in order to create a healthier body. And that is where, um, when it comes to my daughters, um, we don't talk about weight, you know, that's, I don't ever want them to see me, you know, looking in the mirror and, and pinching something or being like, Oh, I don't like this. You know, they see me all the time in this house with barely nothing on. I mean, I walk around and it's it's just all about just loving who you are. Like yeah. it's you know, and and it's hard because you know. Even the other day, my daughter was like, "Show me a picture of her friend," and she's like, "Isn't she just so beautiful?" And I'm like, "Yeah, she's beautiful," but every picture she was showing me was with filters on, it, like heavy filters on. Yeah, it. And, yeah. And the fact that that's how everyone feels like they need to see themselves through these filters. And then once the filter's off, they hate the way they look. Mm. Um, so it's like, you know, go get this Botox, go get this lip filler. You need your lips bigger. You need this. You need, you know, this cellulite cream. You, need, you know, 80% of humans, <laughs> 80% of humans have cellulite and stretch marks, 80%. Yeah. So if you're, if you're telling me that's something that I need to fix, then you're telling me that I don't need to be normal. I am completely normal with the cellulite cellulite that I have. I'm completely normal with the stretch marks that I have. And, and, you know, understanding that it's completely normal to have these things. It's more abnormal not to have these things, you know? And, and I'm not saying that people who don't have it, they're just, you know, some people are just blessed with those genes.
1: Yeah. But that's rare. You're right. I mean, come on.
2: It is <laughs> rare. 80% of humans have stretch marks or cellulite and or cellulite. And that's, and it's, like, I don't know where this has ever started. I mean, it's just part of society. Um, but I just constantly try to remind people that, like, this is just normal. Like, if you go through my Instagram, you'll see videos of me dancing and, you know, I'm sh- shaking. And, you know, that's just, you know, I'm muscular and stuff, but I still have, I lost 70 pounds. So yeah, I sure. have loose skin. I have stretch marks. I have cellulite. Um, it's all there and I'm not trying to get rid of it. There's no point in trying to get rid of it, but I can still continue to try to build my body up and make me stronger and feel better because that's what it's all about. Health and fitness to me is about creating a life where you feel good, where you wake up and you're not, you know, having that back pain, you're not, you mm-hmm. know, struggling to to walk up the stairs at work. Like those types of things, being able like I say, being able to be an active participant in life. That's what I'm trying to teach my girls all the time with movement, finding joy in movement. Like one person may like Zumba. One person may like lifting. I'm not going to tell the person who likes Zumba to come over here and lift because it's better for them. No, if you like Zumba, that's what's good for you. That is what's meant for you. Because if that's what brings you joy, then that's what's going to keep you consistent. And that's what's going to keep your body moving. Um, And it's, you know, our bodies need movement. We're human. We were born to move. Our bodies are designed for movement. So finding the type of movement that brings you joy is what I just try to push people toward, but the whole societal social media, it's just, it's poison, honestly. Um, I don't even really do Facebook much anymore. It's just yeah. it's a sad, sad world. But Instagram, I'm trying to keep my daughter off Instagram as long as, as, long yeah, as I can. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. Uh, I compare my, I find myself doing the comparing game. And I try to switch it all quick. But, you know, it's just, that's what they want you to do. They want you on there comparing yourself so that you're constantly looking at it and trying to reach this something that's just not even possible.
1: Yeah, it, it, um, one of the things you had mentioned that, really uh, stuck out to me was it it, it's the small things you had said that you don't do things like you don't pinch yourself in front of your daughters or or maybe you don't at all but especially in front of your little girls things like that where people are there are, are mothers who are So good to their children. They don't they don't teach them things that to make them look down Mm -hmm. on themselves, but they're not good to themselves. I'm talking about the the, the women. And these are things that that children little girls could see little things like pinching yourself in the mirror and saying, oh, I need to lose this. I need to lose that. Mm -hmm. Like and I never thought of that. Um, but I can only imagine now as, you know, like my daughter, my oldest, she's 19 years old and there's times where she she'll post pictures and we mentioned the filters. It's that it's, it's, uh, uh, editing the photo to make yourself look a certain way. And I'm like, you know, baby, I see you like this though, when you're here, this you're my, you are my daughter. I see this beautiful woman. And I don't like what I see on Instagram. I don't like I don't even know who this person is. It's a different it's a warped uh reflection of yourself, but what this has done to our children and women and adult and men, adults alike. Is it's put them so far into this matrix, if you want to call it, where they don't even see that anymore as a problem. It's actually yeah. like it's actually part of the gig. This is what we do. We take,
0: yeah, you
1: know, we used to take pictures and then go to Walmart and get the fucking uh, the twenty-four hour, you know, the hour <laughs> yeah. turnover. This now it's yeah. like no, we we take pictures now and we get, and I want to edit it, and it's gonna look like uh, it's just every generation has gone through it. You know, when magazines. We're putting the swimsuit editions out there and that was affecting children, uh, women. And and people were like, oh, I don't read into that. And I'm like, "Okay, well, now we're here we are in this day and age. And it's like some people are like, oh, don't read it in that. I'm like, I think it's actually the same thing.
2: Yeah. And it's a lot more in your face and a lot more. That's the the only
1: difference. Right. 24/7. you know
2: is it, is, you know you pick up a magazine and it's like okay the magazine but now it's just like boom boom just constant like bombardment of yeah,
1: this it's hard you know, this,
2: what society seems as perfect and um yeah it is it is hard but you know i do see a shift happening i see you know I, being part of the fitness world i do see a shift happening where um you know one of my favorite quotes is from Shaun T, who's one of my favorite trainers um that your ideal weight is whatever your body becomes, where you don't sacrifice your joy. So, mm. you know, um, and, and for me, you know, I, I always say, I, and I tell people like, I could be leaner. I could do all that stuff. I, you know, I, I could cut my calories and have a shredded six pack and all that stuff. But I know what that would do to my body. And honestly, it would be very detrimental to my hormonal balance to my mental stability. Um, and that is not healthy. That's not healthy. And that is, you know, that my joy is being able to enjoy what I want to eat. Yes. I try to eat as gut healthy as possible because I do have PTSD and I'm trying to stay balanced. Um, but I want to be able to, and, you know, go out, to friendlies and eat ice cream with my daughters and not, you know, be the one sitting there eating the salad because, you know, I'm so (laughs) worried, you know, I I don't want them to, you know, see me not enjoying life with them just because I'm so obsessed with being this certain size or certain body fat percentage or anything. There's no joy in that. Um, And, and a lot of times that what we see on Instagram and what we're seeing on Facebook and these, you know, these people you know, you're seeing the highlights of their life. And when, when the camera's off, they're miserable, they're miserable. Yeah. Um, and, and there's no, like, nobody wants to live a life like that. You know, they could, maybe they're making money. Maybe they're making bank, maybe they're traveling, but deep down inside, there's a lot missing there. Um, and it's, I, I don't, I don't wish that on anybody. Honestly, it's a tough, tough world to be out there trying to, be perfect
1: there are a lot of people that are fitness gurus okay yeah and 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 uh, and here as a man who isn't a fitness guru i can go on tiktok right now and i can uh sign up and the videos made for you section is filled with videos for whatever reason that cater to me, but they have no idea what videos really cater to me. It's just the fact that I'm a man. And 98% of them are women that are working out or women that are dressed a certain way. And so in my mind's eye, I'm wondering, is it difficult to be taking serious, doing what you're doing, uh in a field that is predominantly in a man's world male-oriented if i can say that uh the me too movement is something that i think of when we start having these conversations because right now you and i are having an engaging conversation i i i find it hard to believe that everybody in the world can take this seriously because there's a lot of people that look at women as uh well she should be wearing something a little bit more skimpier if she's going to be doing what it is that you're doing uh training yeah. teaching you, you see what I'm saying and I'm trying yeah, to find yeah, my yeah. footing and not be disrespectful, but i i I say that because like I go back to my wife who when we have conversations about she wants to wear certain things, and I don't have a problem with 98% of it, and she's always um, feeling uh, self-conscious, sometimes, I shouldn't say always, sometimes. 98% of it, it's because of what we go back to, this, the the self-imposed uh, societal uh, triggers that start to kick in, but how can you, for example, do what you're doing? How do you go about dealing with those type of pressures are they are they pressures or or maybe i'm just talking out of my ass do you do you handle things like that differently
2: um so yeah i mean honestly my entire life and and i'm sure your wife has been the same um has been filled with just men who think they can say whatever they want okay to you. thank you yes this uh, thing this is what i'm yes. trying to get <laughs> um i actually i actually did a i did a video and i posted on instagram um i, I might have deleted it though but i posted the whole story on facebook and it was just from the time i was a child um all throughout the years just different stories of men saying what they want to me um you know all the you know when I was 16 and I was hanging out with a friend and we were playing basketball one time and it was outside, it was cold. She went inside to use the restroom and her uncle was there and he was outside. And, you know, when it's cold and you're playing ball and you blow in your hand. Um, mm-hmm. So I blew in my hand and he's like, Oh, you do that really well. I would love to see you, you know, hold my oh. cock like that. Wow. And, uh, you know, or, you know, a, another friend's dad who just would come and randomly massage me or, you know, just, a basketball coach, I was a baller. Uh, basketball was my sport. And when I was 15, my coach pulled me aside and whispered in my ear that my ass was getting fat. And he was watching it jiggle up the court. And um, I quit basketball. And wow. that was that was one of those. And, and a priest, I walked out of church one time, and the priest is like, wow, Joellen, you're developing nicely. So those little things throughout life, those uncomfortable really uncomfortable situations I have found to decrease now that I have a lot of muscle. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. So I don't know. Honestly, like I, I, I tell my husband all the time, like I want to look like a woman, like don't fuck with me like that. And I have the RBF of, you know, from years of, of from, <laughs> okay, from years, from years of men doing that, you, you, you just form this like face. That's just like, you know, don't talk to me. I'm not interested in talking. Um, you know, I still get cat every now and then I work in the city. So it, it happens every now and then. But as far as my profession goes, um, when I'm in that studio, the men that I train, they don't ever step over that line, which is really nice. It's, it's a, it's pure respect for my knowledge. And, and they trust me to train them. They trust that I know what I'm doing. And it's never, I've never ever experienced that step over the line inside my workplace. Um, Now my last workplace, I worked for someone who was very condescending to females and that was part of the reason I stepped away. Um, So, um, but where, but the men that I train, I don't experience that now. Um, And I honestly don't go out much. Um, I go to work. My husband and I, my husband's my best friend. So we spend a lot of time to, yeah, we spend a lot of time together at home, you know, with the girls watching movies. Um, So I don't go out much. Um, So I just haven't had that. I guess I don't, give myself the chance to get that type of treatment from men. But it's it's something that I hate. And I really hope, I really hope my girls don't have to go through it. Unfortunately, I know they probably will. Um, yeah. but I I am now already at their age telling them this is not appropriate. And you do not have to allow people to talk to you this way. You yeah. can speak up. You can come to me. You can go to somebody in authority. Um, You don't have to stay quiet about it, because um, when you're constantly faced with those uncomfortable situations throughout your entire life, you start to think this is just part of being a woman. Um, Get used to it. And uh, and I don't want them to feel like they have to get used to it.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. And I, and I appreciate you having a little patience with me because I was desperately trying to find my footing because these are sensitive subjects. And I'm like, you know, like I I have a lot of these conversations with uh, my daughter or with Alexandra. Um, and it's always a world that I'm not aware of, but I'm aware that I'm not aware of it. And that makes sense. I'm aware mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot that I am aware of as a man. That my wife isn't aware of, you know, so we kind of help each other out. And that goes back to like when I was trying to find my footing, asking you this question. It just dawned on me that even that in itself, like we can't have a conversation about what it is that you do without discussing the possibility of you dealing with sexual harassment, catcalling. Uh, You know, we can go down the gambit. And that's a shame. That's all. That's actually the sad part. And so when I have conversations with my wife and I'm like, you know, we're going out and I'm like, you know, just letting you know, like uh, these people are here, they're checking you out. And she doesn't, she doesn't believe me. And I'm like, no, babe, I'm not, I'm just letting you know, like, be careful because, or if you're going to go out, who you going with? I'm not trying to be overprotective, but I am protective because I know how men are. Cause I know you're a beautiful woman. And then, and then it's this fine line of, is that being disrespectful? You know, like like there, there, are, these, there yeah. are these like little, yeah, these it's little being little...
2: aware. It's just being aware oh, of, of what it's the difficult. world we live in. And and it is. And it's that it's that boys will be boys mentality. Um, and that starts young, you know, and, and the problem is that people say that so much, but like boys will be men eventually. And mm. and I think that's the issue is that you know, even even my husband, you know, there are times where I know that he's been with his friends and, you know, his friends are acting inappropriately. And I think it's, it's needs to come to a point where, you know, you start calling out your boys for doing stuff like that. Like, you know, don't talk to that woman like that, you know, settle down back off. Um, but I, it's just, it's, it's our culture. It's the culture that we live in and it's, I wish it would change. I hope it changes eventually. But what I think as parents to daughters, it's our responsibility to let them know that they don't have to deal with it. They don't have to just shut down from it. They don't Mm -hmm. have to take it like you don't have to take it. Now, I still, you know, don't step up right away. There's many times where I've been cat and I so badly want to say something, but I don't know how that man's going to react. Um, so, you know, I keep it to myself. Um, but if there's somebody being inappropriate to you, you can go find some help. Um, you don't have to, especially if it's somebody, you know, in power, like a basketball coach, like I didn't feel like I could go to anybody at that point because he was such this big wig where you know at the school I was in it was like nobody's going to believe me or nobody's yeah. going to care you know and and I don't want them to ever feel that way but it's kind of this like fine line where like okay if you're walking down the street and you're being catcalled just keep walking like yeah. just keep your face forward and keep walking don't turn around and say anything snarky because you never know how that man's going to react they're going to you know they may get violent so
1: that but, wasn't like something at the time you weren't aware of how serious that was. You were very aware at that time of, of the words he was using. Like, is that, was oh, that am I right? Okay. Oh
2: yeah. It, it was, it was honestly just probably one of the most uncomfortable moments in my life because it was yeah. the moment when I realized that I was about to give up something that I loved dearly mm. because I loved basketball. I was good at it, (laughs) Um, but I could not continue to play under him. And I didn't tell my mom, I, you know, I didn't. And it it wasn't like my mom didn't make me feel safe telling her. It was just one of those things where it was just like, all right, it's just another grown man, you know, treating me like this. And I don't want to be in that uncomfortable situation. So I'm just going to step away from it. Um, and it just, it happened so many times in my life. Like I said, I had gotten to a point where it was just like, just get used to it, Joe. It's just going to be, this is going to be your life forever. Men mm. are just going to talk to you like this. And you're just going to have to deal with it. Um,
1: and that's but, the, that's the tall tale, unfortunately, of many young women in this world, not even this country. Uh, And then you get into the ugly world of you know uh, the sex trafficking and the and the the pedophilia and it's like uh, I just want to lock my kids up and not let oh, them yeah. go. You know, it's, well, it's, even
2: it's, social yeah. media. I mean, social media. I'm sure if your daughter posts a picture, she's getting <laughs> hey, DMs constantly. Yeah, me. you know, like I have, I have over 800 men blocked on Facebook. Like,
1: oh my god, just, just men. from.
2: Yeah, over. I mean, it has to be almost a thousand at this point. From, I mean, I've been on Facebook for so long, but anytime anyone slides into my DMs with a "Hey, beautiful," "Hey, sexy," block, block, oh, block. Oh,
0: yeah, I never um, even thought or, about that.
2: Know, Oh, yeah, and and that's you know, as a fitness, you know, a trainer and stuff, I post a lot of pictures of you know revealing my body because it's my body. I'm to a point now where I'm just like, you know what. Sure. Yeah. I'm allowed to be a sexual being and I'm allowed to be, you know, show my body. And I should be able to do that without having a man want to send me a picture of his thing. <laughs> like, right, I want right. to see
0: that. You know?
2: <laughs> and so like I, I don't understand like why that, you know, but so I just block, 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 block. So I mean, I'm sure, like your daughter, I'm sure she's already faced that. Oh, I believe,
1: yeah. I, I follow me.
2: her on Instagram. She's beautiful. so Thank I'm
1: you. Sure. She is, yeah. And there's times where I'm like, do you understand? Like there, I there were times where I would have her remove pictures. Okay, that picture, yeah. I'm not digging. <laughs> in. This is this was years ago. My daughter's 19 yeah. now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's and that that's unfortunate. And and we can go back it and is. say it's unfortunate, uh, but. It's the world that we live in and a lot of it uh, I can prepare my daughter for and I can be as protective with my daughters and my son. And and, and, and look, I, I don't want anybody who's listening this, to this right now feeling like that this couldn't apply to young men. It, it, it certainly can. Uh, and I'll be humble and, and admit that maybe I'm being naive in my way of thinking, but I just grew up with the mentality that Um, that we have to protect our young women and I have to make sure that my son understands his responsibility as a young man to respect young women now maybe those that way of thinking has changed over the years and we're now in the in the era of we should be looking at it as equal and that's something that I'll learn and 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 take my time with I, I still don't want anything to happen to my son I just I just as a man looking at his son I look at it differently and I, I expect him to like you just said uh you know with your husband and his friends I hope that my son is able to at one point call out any type of bullshit shenanigans that takes place with his friends yeah. because that's really where where we hold each other accountable um so thank you and and, and uh, like I said I, I didn't mean to kind of Go off on, on a subtopic. No, there, but that's I, was, okay. I really was curious about how you felt and what you experienced about that, because and what you just said now um, as a fitness trainer and a coach, uh, a lot of your a lot of your pictures, uh, you're you are exposing your body and a lot of men are going to look at that the wrong way and which is not mm-hmm. fair. And so uh, that was my my when I was trying to find out is how do you go about dealing with with that because i'm sure that there are a lot of people in your shoes a lot of women in your shoes that start doing what you're doing and then they deal with that and they're like fuck this uh i'm being harassed this is harassment yeah. and then they just yeah. they don't they stop following their dream just like you with the basketball so um,
2: yeah no no the block button is nice <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's talk about what are your goals and your plans, uh, moving forward with what you're doing.
2: Um, so where I work now, I was actually recently promoted to the head coach position.
1: Nice. Um, Congratulations.
2: Thank you. Um, so, and I just, I love, love, love where I work. Um, so honestly, I'm really focused on helping that business grow, um, and building, you know, more clientele and building that community it's class-based. So we run classes throughout the whole day. Um, okay. and it's the same, it's the same class all day, but so then people can schedule themselves in the class time they want to come in. Okay. So as us, we have a group of five coaches and we, um, sit around and we create templates. And so it's, we're all able to collaborate and create these fun workouts and the music's bumping and I'm wearing a mic. So every class is more like a, it's like a performance. It's, it's a lot of fun for me. Um, so being able to train other coaches, um, to give that experience to people, um, and eventually just see where this goes, um, is where, is where I'm at right now. I'm just, I'm love being in my job and, uh, and, they, and they're really supportive of me as a mom. You know, I want to be able to, you know, they were a- they able to make my schedule work in a way where I'm able to be home with my girls a couple nights a week to be there for homework. And, and to, you know, they, they're really supportive of that. And that is something that I needed to find in a job where because um, as a trainer, you're training people at all different yeah, times. Of the yeah,
0: day. absolutely. Uh,
2: so so to find a place that supported me as a mom and said, all right. You tell us where you can plug yourself into this schedule, um, and, and we will take you. Like, How, what is your have, schedule
1: and, like? What is your schedule like? I'm sorry.
2: Um, so I work Monday evenings, Thursday evenings. Um, I coach three classes those two evenings. Okay. And then t- Tuesday, Wednesday, I coach two mid-morning classes. So right after I drop my daughter off at school, I go coach like 930 and noon classes, and then Friday midday and like 530 p.m.
1: This is all downtown, Lancaster. Yeah,
2: right in the square. You know where the fountain is?
1: Yeah, I saw one of your your photos. I saw you were looking out the window. I was like, oh, it looks like you're downtown. That's so dope.
2: Yeah, and what's so nice, like that's where I grew up. Like I brought my bike down there. So it's like, (laughs) you know, that's my home. I grew up right in the city. And uh, yeah, so it's it's just, it's like, it, it just feels like everything has worked out exactly how it's supposed to. And What's crazy is there was so many growing pains to get to where I am right now. Mm. Um, but it was like, it's it was all worth it. While I was going through it, I'm like, I don't know what's happening. This is uncomfortable. I don't yeah. know where life is leading me. But um, I'm now at a place where I am just super happy with where my career is and where it's going and the opportunities. Yeah.
1: Any advice for anybody that um, is considering uh, a career change or a life change similar to the one that you went through?
2: One step at a time, one yeah. habit at a time, one thing at a time. Don't try to go diving in all at <laughs> once. Uh, <laughs> yeah, take, that, it. yeah that's, take it that's easy. Where you hit, that's where you hit the bottom too hard. Like just, you know. Like I said, like if it's a lifestyle change, like start with one thing, start with, like I say, water for me, it's always water to people because water is life. like water is it, it's responsible for so much in the human body that people don't realize that they're not drinking enough of it. So, and, and you, your body tells you in so many different ways that it needs more water. So that's why all my clients, anybody I'm like, start with water. Just adding more water throughout your day, and you're going to sleep better. You're going to realize that you have more energy when you have that midday lag. When you're feeling like, oh, that's your body begging you for water. That's uh, what it is. And and I always tell them, like, don't just sip water. Like chug that shit. Oh, your, for but, real? Like yeah. So if you're going to like, it's like taking your car to the gas station and putting like a gallon in and expecting it to run for all day. You yeah. know. So that's what sipping water is. No, like. When you wake up in the morning, first thing, chug some water. That's your body's going to start working right away. Like, ah, this is what we need. Um, You know, before you eat, 30 minutes, chug water. So like, those are the things like that one habit is the one habit I have people start with. And then finding movement that you enjoy. Finding something that brings you joy. And for every single person, that's going to be something different. So don't force yourself into some type of movement that everybody else is doing because if it's not bringing you joy you're not going to stay consistent with it so keep trying new things until you find that spark until you feel that like ah this is it this is what's going to keep me moving this is what it's going to get my body moving
1: yeah that that whole drinking water thing uh like i try that and i fail miserably and i'll admit that Mm -hmm. but my thing is like it's easy for me during the summer to drink a lot of water because where i, I work yeah. on the dock when it's hot i'm hot and when it's cold we work with the elements pretty much so right now i take my water thermos with me to work but i never fill it up because i'm not thirsty for water so how do i right. go about like like how do like what am i supposed to do in that in, in that instance i'm gonna put you on the spot well, now Joelle. So so, a, what you, so like i'm not th- so, like, like i'm cold but i know i need to be drinking water but i will go in the break room and like wake myself up with an energy drink or a soda and i know i shouldn't be but water t- water yeah. to me is like man this is going to chat my lips and i'm working i'm freezing my ass off so do i just well, gotta well, just suck it up you, or what so,
2: so if you bring water to work is there a place where you can keep it where it gets room temperature
1: oh yeah yeah sure
2: drink room temperature water
1: I guess I just gotta trust people f- to not fuck with my shit. But yeah, I, I, yeah. I can I can so just even P- pretty much I gotta drink tempered water. I gotta drink room temperature. Yeah, water. I mean,
2: all I drink is room temperature water. Gotcha. I don't drink cold. Oh, because okay. I get cold. I get cold really quickly. So yeah. if I drink something cold, I'm cold. Um, so okay. I drink room temp room temperature water all the time, all the time. Damn. Um, but yeah, so honestly, like you will know notice like when you're at work and you start feeling like oh. That's not like you're tired that that's your body's really asking you for water. Like, please wow. give me some give me some water It's begging you when you feel thirsty. You're already dehydrated. Oh, so, OK. Um, so
1: Yeah.
2: You should be so drinking when,
1: water like when you're not thirsty. Like, yeah. So, okay. so I
2: recommend chug the water and then drink that, you know, sip on the energy drink. Like, OK, but always start with the water because that that is like, like I said, water is life. Your your body uses it for so many different things that if you're not giving it what it needs, it, certain things just aren't gonna work right.
1: Mm. What do you like doing besides uh when you're when you're not coaching, you're not working out, what are your hobbies? What do you like doing to keep yourself uh, Oh, I sing
2: every now and then. Yeah. Um, I sing I sing at home to myself. Okay, there you go. I have stayed I have stage right.
1: Um <laughs> we all do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know. Just honestly, watching movies with my husband. I also own a, a, a small business, Rodan and Fields, which is like multi-level marketing, um, but it's skincare. Um, so okay. I do that on the side as well. Yes, I get. When did a little you bit start
1: doing crazy. that? When, when did you start doing? Uh, that? I
2: started doing that in two thousand eighteen. Okay, um, so
1: that worked. That yeah, just...
2: so I started. I started using the products. I used to have really bad cystic acne, really bad, um, and it was. And somebody reached out to me was like, hey, I have this product. Try it out. And it worked. It took my cystic acne away. It made my skin so much better. Um, so I was like, she was like, you know, you can sell this. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> so yeah. that's
2: what I, I've been doing that for a couple of years. And it, it really does help to add some extra income because they make I mean, it's all it's the, from the creators of Proactive. OK, so they sold they sold Proactive for a billion dollars. And it's the two doctors, Doctors Rodan and Dr. Dr. Fields. And they created this, and instead of putting it in stores, they were like, you know what? Why don't we put it in people's hands for them to sell our products? And now it's like a multi-billion-dollar company. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun because um, I know the products work, so it's really nice to like help people find which one works best for them. Um, so yeah, that's something I love. I love to do.
1: Okay, cool. So yeah, you got, see, so you you all right? Everything's everything. is I, I got all kinds of stuff <laughs> going on. Yeah, yeah. You know? you st- with uh, with everything kind of, uh, I-, I was about to say, everything kind of getting back to normal. Who knows what uh what's on <laughs> the corner? But I, I don't mean, don't really know what it, normal
2: uh, is anymore.
1: Do, uh, with everything that we've been through, um uh, is it safe to say that you have a a way to to approach this? if it were to come back around as far as the schedule and you're you're now you've already homeschooled your children once it, it would that be something that you would entertain again if need be i mean these are things absolutely. that absolutely and, lot and of people the are virtual
2: and where i work now when when the whole shutdown happened um they kept their clientele by doing virtual training so oh. um when i first when i first signed on as a coach for them it was at home doing virtual training because i wasn't quite comfortable. I hadn't been vaccinated yet. So I wasn't quite comfortable stepping back into the studio. So they were open in the studio, but they were still running virtual classes for oh. people who weren't comfortable. So that's how I stepped in as a virtual coach. Gotcha. Um, so they had that virtual thing down. Um, so if that happens, I know that's, that's where we would pick up again. But yeah, I mean, I would, anything to keep my, I mean, my daughter is staying home tomorrow because CV had a gun yeah. threat today so uh, um, yeah. i'm keeping her home tomorrow. She, she came home from school and just collapsed on me crying because uh she was scared at school today so i was like you know what you're just gonna stay home tomorrow till yeah, they figure I, this out um i've had to wow. do that
1: once already just yeah my son just not feeling comfortable and i was like you ain't even gotta explain it to me like you yeah know, you stay home
0: yeah, like not, not that's crazy soul. that's
1: where we are right now and this you know our children are gonna have the we i remember uh and i'm gonna show my age now but i remember our the tornado drills and we had to get yeah. underneath the desk now our kids are gonna have school shooter drills they have you know? active
2: shooter drills yeah. i remember after 9-11 we did have a terrorist drill at lancaster catholic they took us to some like Outside location, I'm like, I'm not sure if this is the safest thing for us to all be in one group. <laughs> yeah.
1: Out in, in the open.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if that's really smart, but whatever. Um, but I remember that. So, but yeah, now it's like, I mean, I mean, even just at having an active shooter drill, probably is traumatizing. Even the, you know, they're thinking like, this is this could possibly happen. Like, why are we doing this? This this is real. Um, so yes, yeah, she came home. I got an email today saying there was a threat on on. Uh, Snapchat, and then she came home two hours later and just collapsed and just was like, "I." She was terrified. Like uh, anytime anybody grabbed into their book bag or anything today, she sure, was like, That, yeah. that fighter, that fight or flight. And I'm like, you know what? You're gonna stay home tomorrow and maybe Friday until they figure
1: this out so hey the hell with Um, it well you gotta do what you gotta do damn right yeah you gotta do what you gotta do joellen thank you so much uh i know it's late. i appreciate this Uh, i had a great time uh and you did you taught me some stuff uh you know uh uh the water i'm i'm you know i'm i'm horrible i'm horrible at uh eating right and drinking right and i used to be on that i used to do a little bit better but when we started our, our conversation you had talked about how you got real comfortable with your husband I got real comfortable with my wife and the home cooking and my mother in law in the home cooking and so now I need to she can throw down I need understand I need to find my footing and get my ass moving again so I appreciate and, you and, dropping yeah, and that's some the thing. knowledge you gotta, on me you
2: just gotta find balance that's it you can still enjoy the home cooking but then you know try to give yourself that nourishment that you need to so uh-huh. one step at a time one habit uh-huh. at a time
1: Thank you for saying I could still enjoy the home cooking because I, I don't think right. I don't think I could ever right. let that go.
2: There's no joy without <laughs> it, right? Life is about having joy. So find that joy.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much. I'm yes. going to let you go. Thank you. It's a pleasure meeting you. Stay you safe. Well. Me too. Bye-bye, Joellen. Bye. Episode 15 wrapped up. Thank you again, Joellen, for breaking it down. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for letting it be known that it isn't always the way we think it is. There's a lot of shit going on in the background as far as what women are going through, dealing with social uh, implications, social life, media. Thank you for being a badass. Thank you for your contributions to the health community, working out, the lifestyle change. That's important. Doing what you'd love to do. Taking your time one step at a time. These are all great, great things. Shout out to you. Shout out to Treadhouse. What you're all doing, downtown Lexter. Until next time, my name is the Journey Man Felix e. Arroyo. I am signing out. I'll catch y'all in two weeks with episode 16. Remember, maintain focus and stay continuous through all four seasons.
2: Peace.